Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Freely Nourish, the podcast that empowers you to break the cycle of dieting by teaching you to nourish your body well. I am your host, registered dietitian, Erin Casey, and I am also the owner of New You Nutrition Counseling, where we believe that you can reach just about any of your health goals at just about any size. So if you are ready to let go of that toxic and shameful cycle that is dieting and weight loss and step into nourishing yourself in ways that feel good and sustainable, join us. Uh, we always have multiple ways that you can join us. Um, first and foremost, there's always, of course, our one-on-one counseling where you get to sit down one-on-one with me and talk to me about your goals for your body and your health. And I talk to you about ways to accomplish it through nutrition. Um, If you're not sure if that's for you, then a great way to get started is actually just to book a discovery call on our website. I'll link that below. It is a totally no obligation, um, totally free way to basically sit down and kind of tell me what you're thinking. And I can tell you whether or not it's a service we can provide. Uh, There are some stipulations for me as a dietitian in terms of what states I can practice in and things like that. So I can tell you that information. I can also just tell you if I think, you know, we're a good fit, if your goals are aligned with our practice um, and, and whether or not, you know, your, your goals are are realistic in terms of what nutrition alone can do. Um, So like I said, completely free, we don't like sales pitch you. Yes. I might send you like a follow-up email or text message or something like that, just to kind of see, if you're still interested and engaged, but that said, if you, you know, have the discovery call and feel like you either get the answers that you needed, or just don't feel that we're a good fit for you, no harm, no foul. You you don't have to sign up for anything else. We also now have a membership service. So it is called the cauldron. Uh, You may have seen it on all of my social media, but It is basically a monthly membership where you have access to three things. Uh, The first is monthly cauldron calls. So that is just a monthly call with everybody who's in the group. Uh, It is very non-formal. It is just kind of a way to sit down and chat through anything that has come up for you in the last month. Um, Obviously, the calls are only an hour. We can't always get to everything everyone wants to discuss, but it's a really good space to just kind of sit and have those conversations about diet culture, about frustrations with it, about frustrations with your body. Body and and society's expectations of it at large. Um, that's that's really what those calls are for, and people seem to really be loving them, which makes me so happy. Um, you also have access to a private Facebook group. Uh, so all of the calls are recorded and placed in that group. And then you also have the ability to interact with each other in that group as well, as well as, you know, obviously I'm there and, and interacting as well. So that's a great revenue or avenue of support for you as well. There is also, um, you get four workshops per calendar year. So right now we are actually running a special because the culture is brand new. Um, so between now when I'm launching this podcast and the end of 2023, there are actually only two um, workshops that will be available through the end of the calendar year. So because there's only two, um, the price has been dropped significantly. So it is only $50 flat for the rest of 2023. So that is awesome. Y'all like that is like $50, not $50 a month, not like $50 multiple times, like $50 and you get six months worth of access, um, to two workshops. But then, like I said, the monthly calls, so you'll get six monthly calls if you join now and then, um, the Facebook group as well. So do not miss renewal options and all of that stuff. We'll talk about, um, in 2024, but of course the price definitely will go up. It will still be manageable. Um, something along the lines of like $20, $25 a month. Um, so those, that's definitely an option. And then of course we are also those workshops that I mentioned in the cauldron calls, those are available. Those come with your membership to the cauldron, but they're also will be available for purchase outside of the cauldron. So all the workshops are recorded. Um, if there are things that, you know, 
you find of interest. So all of that information is on our website, whatever offerings we do have. Um, there's, you know, done multiple things on meal prepping and stuff like that in the past. Um, we will be talking a lot about kind of how to build meals for busy people uh, in, in, in June of this year. So it's about a month from when I'm recording this podcast. Um, but I guess, you know, more details will come if you're listening to this at a later date, just check the website. Uh, it may have already happened and it may be up and, and published and ready for purchase <laughs> at that point. Um, so today, what I wanted to talk to you all about is honestly something that I get a lot of questions about. And honestly, it was like the most requested thing when I put up a poll, however long ago on my Instagram about like, what did you all want to hear about on the pod? Um, and that is how to hack your metabolism. Um, and unfortunately, I feel like some of you are going to be pretty disappointed um, at, at what I have to say about this. Some of you might be um, might be encouraged. Some of you might feel validated. Um, but um, basically, there is no metabolic hack. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> there, there is no way to hack your metabolism. It is simply not possible. I'm going to go into why it's not possible and why it is ludicrous for anyone to claim that it is possible. So if you would like to sit around and, and listen for that, um, you know, tune in. Um, it, it should feel validating and informative. But if you came here to get a quick and easy metabolic hack, this is not your podcast. This is not your page. Um, this, that, that's not, it's not a thing. Uh, if you want to continue to believe it's a thing, go listen to Joe Rogan or something, but, um, it's, it's not a thing. Um, and the reason why there's, there's, there's a reason why it's, it's not a thing. Your metabolism is not a simple matter. It is, I, I actually like did, I was digging some research last night as I was like preparing for this. And there are more than six thousand metabolic pathways in your body going on at any given time. So like, I want to be explicitly clear, like there are 6,000. Uh, for those of you watching this on YouTube, I was going to pull up like a chart of kind of just how convoluted it looks, but it honestly, it just looks like a spider web. If you actually like detail out all of the metabolic pathways that the human body engages in. And the kicker is it's doing all of these all day long, honestly, all night long, like simultaneously. So like, if you think that there's any way in that, like rat's nest of a cluster that you are going to be able to just like pick one solid point and manipulate the entire thing, you're crazy. You're absolutely fucking nuts. So case in point, there are 6,000 ongoing co-occurring metabolic pathways at any given time. Second thing is the reason why there are 6,000 pathways and the reason why they all co-occur is because your metabolism is highly adaptable. It is highly adaptable and it is supposed to be because we can live under different conditions, right? If humans were like so finicky that we needed like a set number of macros and a set number of hours of sleep and a set number of this and a set number of that, like we'd be doomed. We wouldn't still be here. The reason why we still exist in certain survive is because our bodies have adapted to survive in different conditions. So by that, I mean, if your body does not have carbs available, yes, it has the resources to operate off of fat. Similarly, if it does not have fat available, it has mechanisms in place to operate off of carbs and off of protein. It will adapt to whatever you put it through. That does not mean that those adaptations are good or that those adaptations are optimal for function overall. It just means that it has the capacity to do for it. And any shift you make in one direction, it is going to automatically compensate in the other because it is going to lean towards what is called homeostasis no matter what you do. 
Like there is nothing that you can do. It's just like your body temperature, right? Like it doesn't matter if it's 90 degrees outside. It doesn't matter if it's 20 degrees outside. Your body's riding at 98.6 and some change. It is in a very small window. Similarly, the pH of your blood, contrary to many supplement advocates, is well within like a less than 0.2% range. Like the pH of your blood should be 7.4, period. And if it's not, you're in like, acidosis or alkalosis and like you're in the hospital there is no alkalizing your blood there is no acidifying your blood like that doesn't happen if it does you die um same with like electrolytes in your blood those will vary a little bit but your kidneys keep a pretty tight regulation on that if it like i said if it goes up like if your sodium is normally supposed to be 135 if it's up above like 137 like you're having heart issues if it's down below 134 133 like you're having heart issues same with potassium and everything else it is very tightly regulated okay so i want to be very very clear that there's nothing you can do to change those things and there's nothing that you should be able to do to change those things so any person product program anything that claims that you can change the acidity of your body, your electrolyte balance, the toxicity of certain things, whatever the fuck that actually means, like even your blood sugar or your ability to burn fat, like those, that is trash. It is utter and complete trash uh, because that's just, that's just simply not how your body works. It's meant to adapt and it will adapt right back when the conditions change. Um, again, it's trying to maintain homeostasis. And that's also part of why weight loss in particular is so difficult. Your body's trying to maintain a certain weight. Whether or not you like that weight is irrelevant. It thinks that it needs to be that weight. Now, are there exceptions to that? Yes, of course. Are there circumstances that will drive it? Yes, of course. But by and large, most people exist in bodies that are perfectly healthy at a perfectly adequate size. They just don't like the way that they look at that size. Now, I don't mean to invalidate that point. I just did a whole other podcast episode, so one right before this, about body image and the, the social drivers of body image. So if you are trying to attain a certain image, I'm not here in this particular episode to tell you whether or not that's a validated or a valid effort. What I am here to tell you is you will not hack your metabolism in an effort to do it. The only way to attain that is to go to extremes, which frankly, me as a dietitian, I am not going to recommend to you. I don't think it's helpful. I don't think it's healthy. You're welcome to debate that. You're welcome to go on restrictive options as well, but that doesn't mean they're in your best interest and it doesn't mean that they're healthy. If you want to do it anyway, that's fine. People smoke, even though they know it's not healthy. So like, I'm not going to tell you what to do with your body, but I am going to tell you from a dietitian from somebody who has six years of education sunk into this field, it's not healthy. Do with that what you want. Um, I do want to spend a little bit of time on um, just kind of some common myths that I hear about metabolic hacks, um, just because I feel like these are the things that people are like inundated with most commonly, but that is by no means an extensive list, okay? Um, so I think the first thing is that if you don't eat carbs, and you do eat fat. So you're eating a low carb, high fat diet, whether you call that keto or you call it something else, or it's carb cycling or whatever the fuck you want to call it. It is basically depriving your body of carbs in order to make it burn fat to an extent. Yes, that's what happens. Your body will preferentially burn fat. If that is the fuel available and carbs are not carbs are your body's preferred fuel source. I will say that too, for your overall health and well-being and the like longevity of your metabolism, you need to eat carbs. 
eating carbs is going to preserve your health, not diminish it. That said, you know, people get it in their head that like, oh, well, look, if I just want my body to burn the excess fat that I'm carrying, I will stop eating carbs and it'll have to burn fat. No, that's not what happens. It burns fat. Yes, but it burns the fat that you're eating before it's going to burn the fat that you're carrying around that you don't want to be carrying around. So fat burning does not mean that your stomach or thighs or whatever it is that you're wanting to shrink will shrink. What does that is a calorie deficit and how we get to a calorie deficit. Again, I've got, I've done other podcasts on these episodes, on these concepts. Um, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it here, but you basically calculate and it's a calculation. It's not straight for everybody. That's the key thing. It should depend on both your height, your weight, your age, and your activity level. There are different calculators that you can use. You calculate your maintenance calories and then subtract 200 or 300 is actually usually where I go. That seems to where people see the best results. So that's a calorie deficit, but those calories are still coming from protein, carbs, and fat. So all three of our macronutrients are contributing to your calories. You're just eating less than you need to maintain your weight. And that's how you lose fat. Um, eating a high fat diet will not force your body to burn more body fat unless you're in a calorie deficit. Now, sometimes why it works is because when you do cut carbs, you're also cutting calories. But again, it's not because the high fat diet is forcing your body into high burning, high fat burning mode. It's because <laughs> you're in a calorie deficit. Okay. Um, Another one that, um, that here is a fasted cardio kind of same thing. It's like, oh, we don't have carbs on board. So the cardio that what your body needs metabolically, um, to get through the cardio session is going to be, you're going to have to burn fat. So, so again, and it's the same principles that apply. It's like, well, I'm not taking in anything. So it's going to have to burn fat because carbs aren't on board and I'm going to lose body fat as a result. Again, no. That's not what happens. Um, anybody who's ever worn a continuous glucose monitor can tell you that the second you start exercising, your blood sugar actually goes up. And the reason why is because your muscles are full of fuel, or they should be anyway, full of fuel, unless you're on a low carb diet, they're full of fuel in the form of glycogen. Glycogen mobilizes very quickly. So you have your muscle fibers that kind of lay stacked on top of each other. And in between it is this lattice work of carbs and water. Um, once you start moving your muscles, the, those carbs and water mobilize very quickly to feed um, the muscles. They also, your liver will start cranking out sugar as well and start pumping it into your bloodstream. That's a process called gluconeogenesis and it's supposed to happen. It's again, your heart, your body senses are raising its heart rate. It's like, Hey, we need fuel. Your body doesn't know whether you're running on the treadmill or running away from a bear. So it's just going to supply you with fuel either way. And again, your, then your blood sugar actually goes up because your body is mobilizing sugar to fuel the workout that you're doing. Will it potentially use some level of fat? Yes. Um, where we get into kind of like fat burning, carb burning zones in terms of cardio has to do with the intensity. Um, your body gets fewer calories, so less energy out of carbs, but it is much quicker. Um, so for kind of like higher intensity workouts, a lot of times we're burning primarily carbs. Uh, whereas if you were doing a lower intensity workout, such as like, this is where like the 12, 330 again, like comes into play. 
things like that, it will burn fat as a fuel source simply because it has, you get more calories or more energy out of fat molecules, but it takes longer to break them down. So at a lower intensity where you kind of have the time, it'll burn fat to preserve the carbs that you have. That said, your body is going to convert what it has to what it needs. So your body can actually rapidly convert between carbs and fat, fat to carbs. So if even within the same workout, if you change your intensity whatsoever, it's going to change what's being used as a primary fuel source. Also, the reality is that we're using both carbs and fat likely at all times. They're just in different ratios. So you're using different amounts of your fuel is coming from carbs versus fat. And again, this is not the fat that you have stored. This is fat that your body is either producing from your liver or from intramuscular fuel storages to fuel your workout. So this is not just like a fat burn in terms of so like 12, 3, 30 does not create weight loss by forcing fat burn. It causes weight loss by increasing calorie expenditure and same goes for fasted cardio, right? It does not create weight loss or fat loss by forcing your body to burn fat. Even if you are burning fat, it is not the fat in your fat stores. It is fat that is circulating throughout your body. Um, or the fat that has been recently in your diet. In order to lose those fat stores, you have to be in a calorie deficit. You have to be in a calorie deficit for a long time. It's not like something that happens over weeks or even months. Um, so that's that's fasted cardio. Um, another one I hear all the time, just kind of in terms of weight loss, is that like you know working out in the morning boosts your metabolism and things like that. There's some truth in that, but the reality is kind of what we've learned in more recent research is that honestly, where the research sits right now, it's kind of like different people have different, like your metabolism is highly variable and like what feels really good to one person may not feel the same to the next person. Um, what we've learned is that actually like mid afternoon is a really good time to work out, to kind of, you know, rev your metabolism up. That said, there is some adverse effect to working out too close to bed because your metabolism is then too active and, and you may have a hard time sleeping. Um, some people, the only time they have to work out is in the morning. They, they, what they're, it's, it's very muddy. I'll, I'll say that it's very, very muddy. Um, and it's not clear. There's, you know, it, being active and particularly building muscle, so like resistance type training and things of that nature will increase your metabolism kind of regardless of when you do them. Um, and, and I would make the argument, honestly, that when you work out is far less important than that you work out or even what you're doing when you're working out. Um, I would say, you know, making sure you're doing resistance training is super important. That builds muscle. Muscle is much more metabolically active than fat. So you're going to raise your metabolic rate overall. You're also going to preserve your bones and your joints and like all kinds of other good benefits. Um, it also does kind of, it tests your cardiovascular system, but in a different way. It's supplying blood to muscle groups and larger muscle groups. And that kind of forces your cardiovascular system to continually reshape itself, which we have a lot of reason to believe now is really just beneficial in terms of aging and, and things like that. Um, the other thing I would say is that, yeah, you do want to do some cardio. Like if you like cardio, great, just do cardio. If you like walking on a treadmill and incline of 12 with a speed of three for 30 minutes, great, do it. But if you're doing it solely for fat burning, I hate to tell you this, you're not doing yourself any favors. Um, and you know, 
will most workouts are going to boost your metabolism kind of when you're doing it, maybe for an hour or so afterwards. And then after that, like if you've done heavy resistance training, then like, yeah, the next 24 hours, your, your muscles are recovering and things 24 to 48 hours, your muscles are recovering and things like that. But that's kind of the case, no matter when you do it. So working out in the morning, isn't like particularly beneficial or anything like that. Um, along those lines, uh, intermittent fasting is another one that I've heard, like, you know, like it resets your metabolism and things like that. Y'all, if we did a hard reboot of our metabolism, like you would be dead. Okay. Dead. Like in order to reset, it means that we have to shut it off and to shut it off, you die. That's how that works. Okay. So there is no resetting of your metabolism. Do certain people feel better kind of having longer periods without eating? Yeah, sure. Is there some very, very minimal and very, very preliminary research in some types of cancer that that can be beneficial in terms of like starving the cancer? Yes. Is it beneficial for most people? No. Okay. Is it necessary for most people? Definitely not. Like I would say it's not necessary for anybody. Um, it doesn't reset your metabolism. It just slows it down for 16 or however many hours a day and then revs it up for the other eight or however, you know, however you divide your windows. It doesn't stop it or slow it down. It just gives it less fuel at various inputs. It, there's no evidence that it there's any metabolic benefit in humans um, outside of the very, very small, like very, very caveated cancer research. Um, there is evidence in rats that it's been beneficial, but we do not see the same effect in humans. I want to be clear. Like there is data to support it. It's just done in rats. And not only is it like done in rats and not yet proven in humans, it was done in rats and disproven in humans um, for all fasting regimens, whether it's like a 5-2 alternate day, 12-12, 16-8, whatever the case may be. None of those show any metabolic change significantly over time in humans. They do show it in rats, which is interesting, but we don't see the same effect in humans. Um, so it doesn't seem to have the same effect, whatever reason. We don't know yet why. Um, and then kind of like last but not least, of course, any supplement, like literally any supplement that is claiming to be fat burning, that is claiming to be detoxifying, that is claiming to be, um, and it doesn't have to be a supplement, like shit like lemon water and stuff like that. Like you're not alkalizing your fucking body. If you do, you're going to die. You're not detoxifying your fucking body because your liver and your kidneys are taking care of that. If it's just going to make you poop, that's all it's going to do. Um, if you know, any supplement that claims to be like a fat burner and stuff like that, like there's some stuff that's kind of like borderline speed that's out there. And it's just like, yeah, it burns fat, but you might also have a heart attack. Um, so, you know, supplements don't have, I've said this time and time again, on this podcast supplements do not have to prove anything. They don't have to even claim their own. They're not regulated at all. So they don't have to be safe. They don't have to accurately list their ingredients. And they don't have to have any data whatsoever that says that they do what they say they're supposed to do. They can claim that it's clinically proven all they want, but they don't have to back it up with data because there's no governing body that controls them. Um, so just because it says, oh, well, it was clinically proven and blah, 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 like, okay. And don't believe like testimonials and stuff that you read online because most of those people have been paid to say that or they work for the company. Um, tell me how realistic that is. Um, also, let me know how many people actually like, you know, said negative things about the product, but those comments and reviews were deleted from the account. Like, 
come on people it's 2023 we know how manipulable the internet is don't fall for these things okay you cannot hack your metabolism period the end you cannot do it it will adapt it is smarter than you are just let it feed it <laughs> and let it ride if your goal is is weight loss then yes figure out what a calorie deficit looks like for you and then follow that um, but you otherwise cannot hack your metabolism. And even if you are in a calorie deficit, your body's going to adapt to that too, um, which is why people hit plateaus and things of that nature. I've, again, I've talked about that in other podcast episodes. It's not the point of this one. But again, your body is highly adaptable. You cannot hack your metabolism. All right, y'all. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you next time.